And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Mythbits. You made an excellent choice. Welcome to the World of Mythbits. I am your host, Jenna Sparks, and this is episode 158. Welcome to the world of Myth Bits. It's me. It is I. Uh, more on that in a minute. We are finally at the review episode, and you guys have waited so patiently and so kindly uh, <laughs> for us to get to this point. Uh, I, I, I can't say it enough because it's just the most uh, truthful statement that I hate not being able to, when I cannot put 100% attention on your submissions and the content, that's just not how I like to do things. I don't like to uh, uh, give it a, a a little attention. I want it to have all my attention. So thank you for being patient. Uh, let's jump into housekeeping right quick. So first and foremost, the World of Myth Anthology Volume 4 is going on pre-sale Monday, December 20th, and will be shipped out December 28th. So get ready for that. I'm still sad I wasn't able to submit anything. I say I wasn't able to. I, I did not have the time, and I really, really regret that. Okay. Next up, the World of Myth 2022 calendars will also be on pre-sale and will ship as soon as they arrive at the warehouse. Also, the hunt for an inker for Dark Myth Comics, upcoming series American Smash. So, uh, yeah, if you're an inker, hit us up, man. The winners of the 2021 Open Contract Challenge were contacted last week and the contract for both Peggy and Jim have been formally drawn up to start producing their winning books this coming year. Excited again. Congratulations to you both. Uh, Hearing you guys are the winners, I don't know what you wrote for the contest, but you guys are phenomenal. So I am not surprised (laughs) that you guys won. All right. The PCEHD.com website has been updated with the 2021 event of Scarefair. Also, applications will open for Jasonmon's Pop Culture Expo 2022 this coming Friday the 17th. Go to www.pce.com and click the click on applications to get your spot in this amazing event. Super excited uh, for this convention. I have some ideas and goals for my own table. Not even gonna lie. So yeah, so make sure you get in. Uh, Myth Mart will be holding a night before Christmas sale starting today the 13th. Enter code JOY, that is J-O-Y, for a large holiday discount. Ooh, And finally, a special message from Dave, quote, I have formally accepted Joe Sparks' resignation from the company. 
I want to publicly and sincerely thank him for all the hard and amazing work he has done with us from producing all the podcasts since the start of the year, from beginning a, from being a co-host on the World of Mythbits and everything he has done as a member of the board of directors to make this a better company. Thank you so much for everything, and I truly wish him the best of luck and success in this new direction life has led him on. I am truly blessed to not only have had your dedication to the company this year, but your friendship as well. Be well, my friend, and stay in touch with us here. We will miss you. Humbly, David K. Montoya, chairman and CEO, the Jason slash Dark Myth Company. Uh, so there it is. It is official. You're stuck with me. Joe has stepped away uh, from from the podcasting world and all that. It's nothing bad or anything. Uh, it's just life, you know, evolution. Those things happen. And Joe is a very much evolving person. <laughs> um, but he's still around. He's 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 here actually recording me right now for this. <laughs> so he's still lingering. Don't worry. Uh, but yeah, you're stuck with me for the duration of the World of Myth bits. Hopefully I can entertain you. Hopefully... We can have some good times together, just the few of us. Uh, but yeah, so that that is out of the mag. Uh, moving forward to the actual point, y'all are listening to this episode. It is time for the review. It's happening finally. I already said my little bit about thanking you for your patience, but I thank you again. Uh, and I'm very excited because coming up to this is the second to last review of 2021, really. Yeah. Oh, wow. That freaks me out. I, that just really freaks me out because uh, we are right around the corner from 2022. And that's confounding. I just feel like. The past, like, two years haven't even happened. Um, it feels like they just kind of went by in a in a major flurry, you know? I can talk about all that next week uh, and entertain you with my, with my lengthy ramblings of how time is meaningless. All right. So let's kick this bad boy off. We are at the World of Myth issue 102. Dos. 102. Uh, oh boy, oh boy. Our first section, Drabble and Flash. And our first story, A Day to Give Thanks by Gabriella Balcom. I couldn't help it, I'm sorry. White meat, dark meat, all will be carved. Uh, no copyright infringement on that. Thank you, Eli Roth, for that short, wonderful uh, film from many years ago. Uh, <laughs> this was a terrific and super fun piece to kick off this issue. And honestly, it kept me grinning for quite some time after I finished it. I, I just really enjoyed it. And I think it's an excellent example of Gabriella's strongest ideas and writing style. It also made me hungry, which happens more than once this issue. Thank you, guys. Uh, seriously, I loved this piece. Awesome work, Gabriella. And next up, has anyone seen Our Spaceship by Ellen Ashley? Frankly, I think this is such a fascinating, and I don't know why I got a Michigan accent there, or Minnesota. 
<laughs> I think this is a fascinating story and it's very unique too. I absolutely adored the ending lines, uh, the, that question, you know, uh, because it does instigate a sense of curiosity in that like science fiction realm. And I think Ellen did a phenomenal job in exploring that concept with just a few sentences, honestly. Uh, very impressive and absolutely stunning. Great, great work. Next up, we have The First Day of Harvest Time by Gabriella Balcom. Cuteness! Uh, of course, this brings to mind that memorable scene from Practical Magic and all of those, like, the happy feelings that come along with it. I really like this piece uh, by Gabriella. It's that subtle whimsy that just makes me smile and feel, like, warm and happy and giddy with autumn. Delightful and what a merry... I don't know why I chose this word. A merrymaking story, Gabriella, but I liked that word. I felt like it was a very, very fitting. All right, next up, An Alien in a Tin by Kate McDonald Dunbar. I love that we got the story after all, <laughs> you know, that the narrator was so sure she couldn't write. This is, in my opinion, how Kate truly shines. The the personality of her characters is perfected with the way she writes. It's just fun and exciting to read and a feeling I think we all know too well. And next we have something better. Teaser number four at the History Center by Jim Bates. I love these bits we get to revisit. I, I distinctly remember being very concerned and worried as to Karen's character in these first few chapters, uh, unsure if she'd be a willing participant or sell her husband out, honestly. I was very worried for that. Uh, but then again, I'm also a little bit of a pessimist. Uh, thank you very much for sharing these reminders of what a terrific story this is. Jim, love it. Very excited about the chapter book. All right, next up, and finally, for Drabble and Flash, High Capacity Assault Unicorn by David K. Montoya. Okay, but Derek's not wrong, you know? I think from here on out, that is how I will view rhinos. <laughs> it makes perfect sense and honestly makes the world a little more exciting if I'm totally honest with uh, that opinion. I like this piece. It was just funny and silly and lighthearted and it felt good to read something like that. So thank you very much, Dave. Excellent work. And now we are jumping over into uh, one of our newest genres, children's literature. And our first piece is D&D &D Little League Generation X Box, part one, by Glenn Bresciani. Uh, how true is it that video games are based off of D&D? &D? Uh, and it's funny because I do totally and completely understand the panic that's setting in. Uh, there is so much power you're handing this child and, oh boy, it's going to get intense. And again, I say this with each passing chapter. It's so much fun learning about D&D from Glenn and his humor and writing style. Also, 
this may be completely redundant and really silly and super millennial of me, uh, but okay. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get so much flack for this, but I'm genuinely curious. Are there uh like personality tests uh players could take, especially beginning players, you know, who are just learning, uh, to see what kind of role they'd be best suited for? Because like I I don't know, I feel like that'd be a really interesting test to see, you know, like the best place for you to start as a beginning player, you know? Anyway, uh, <laughs> once more, it was an absolutely delightful chapter, and I am thrilled to see how Glenn finishes the story. Excellent and very entertaining work, sir. And next we have The Neighbor, Chapter 2 by Timothy Law. What in the world? Uh, emphasis on the what? Uh, so one thing I absolutely adore about this story is how Tim has genuinely written it like it's from the perspective of a child. It truly feels like the mind of a kid, which I think is very smart on his part to have done. I think this is such a pristine example of how perspective can alter the intent of a story. So I adore how Tim made it work in such a fascinating way. That all being said... I genuinely felt like I was in a dream reading this. <laughs> you know, after you've had, like, that dream and you're trying to capture those fleeting details but can't quite grab them. So I think that's completely intentional. And I'm very curious to see where we're headed. Very, very interesting, Tim. And my curiosity is definitely piqued. Uh, next, we're going to jump into fantasy. And our first story, Visorian, Part 1, by Kate MacDonald Dunbar. Interesting. Very, very interesting. I'm definitely fascinated by what's happening and what's being set up. Again, I also adore Kate's narrative, as always. I do have to say this story felt a little rushed. Just a little, um... Because it just felt like it was moving so quick and I couldn't, like, absorb everything that's what's ha what's happening. I just tripped over my own tongue trying to say that. <laughs> uh, but that could also very much have to do with, like, word restriction because I know that can be a little bit of a pain. Uh, but with Kate's work, I definitely want to take – that's what it is. I just want to take my time with her work and appreciate her style because – it is so much fun and just a delight to read. She has this talent of making her audience really feel like they're a part of this environment. And it is so, so much fun. So yes, very eager for part two. So thank you, Kate. And next up, The Queasy by Timothy Law. I really enjoyed this piece. It was short and sweet. And while it serves as a very pleasant sort of of palate cleanser and that yes there there is that tension but the whole piece slows its roll and has like as happy an ending as it could and I love that I love the connotations and the messages regarding the idea of judging books by their covers I'm also just glad the queasy wasn't malicious you know like I said it was very pleasant and a happy okay so I made a joke but it's only sensical in uh 
written form, so I'm really going to have to spell it out. Uh, A Very Pleasant and Happy Tale. T-A-I-L or um, Tale. T-A-L-E. Oh, boy. (laughs) Excellent and delightful work, Tim. And next we have Night of the Bright Blue Bems Part 3 by Walter G. Esselman. Long live the blue fuzzies. Yes, 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 yes. I cannot help it. I love the Bems and they are hands down just one of my favorite fictitious species. Uh, So thank you, Walter, for giving me those babies to adore and fawn over Uh, No matter how fictitious they are, they're very real in my brain, okay? The actual story, though, uh, it was a wonderful finale for an epic and delightful little piece with such fun characters. Uh, I reiterate, I really think this is one of my favorite episodes with this duo. It was just, it was so much fun, and the imagery was so captivating and exciting, As always, I love the dynamics, and this one did not disappoint. So just a great, great, fun piece. And now, excuse me, while I go obsessively make Little Bem plushies, I am seriously considering it. I have been looking into, like, felting, needle felting. So that may actually have to happen with Walter's permission, of course. Uh, All right. Next up, we have Petra's Tale, part nine. By Timothy Law. Um, I'm not going to lie. Ulan's a little suspicious, if I say so myself. Then again, Tim always takes me by surprise. So I may be speaking out of my you-know-what when I say that. Uh, but that being said, I can't blame Petra at all for being so standoffish with Catherine But I love the dynamic of Sienna reminding Petra to be, like, mindful and kind. Uh, They're just subtle musings of how to be a decent person, or Sylvan, uh, I should say. All I know is that I am both concerned and excited. Uh, But I'm going to be on my toes with Ulan because, like I said, I, I don't entirely trust him. There's something, there's something off. Uh, Getting some... Red Wedding vibes. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) excellent work, Tim. And now we move over to horror and our first story, Confession by Don DeBral. Yes, Don, yes, this is the retribution we love to see. Uh, Awesome and delightful. The minute the plan was beginning to shape up, I was just grinning in gleeful satisfaction. The, uh, there was just that eagerness of awaiting that triumphant end, you know, amazing and just a perfect dawn story. I love that we got to it. You know, we didn't have to dawdle on the horrors of Clyde and his willfulness to be violent. We knew exactly who this man is and how appalling he is. And ugh, cat icon. I just love this piece. Absolutely terrific, as always, Dawn. And next, we have One Santa, Two Santas, Part 1, by Gabriella Balcom. I don't know why I'm putting on this accent. I'm very sorry. Uh, All right. (laughs) Well, I'll be darned, Gabriella. I have, okay, I do. I have an irrational fear of snakes. I don't know why, but I just do. 
it's I totally am aware it is 100% irrational. I can sit there and I can muse, oh, why, why? And it's like, logically, there's nothing about snakes that are scary, but it's a totally irrational, uh, like, phobia. Super stupid. Don't know how to get over it. I have tried many things. Uh, Being, like, 19 years old, drinking Jaeger and holding a boa constrictor did something for me many years ago. But anyway, sorry, Gabrielle. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh... Anyway, when the when the story first made mention of a snake, my it, my fear genuinely like made me have to stop and catch my breath. Uh, but when I got through it, uh, holy crap! I love hiss. Uh, I think he's a really uh, there's there's a really interesting dynamic and a fun point of view for Gabriella to explore, like the the hurt and the wounding from awful awful people I just really felt like both happy and sad for them uh happy happy that these two completely unlikely comrades have come together but also super sad for them because it truly reminds me how much I hate people uh (laughs) excellent excellent first part Gabriella and I'm very excited for the next half and next up a Hotel California Night, Part 4, by Linda M. Sov. There it is. There's that horror. Uh, love, 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 love. Absolutely delightful and fun and exciting. I mean, Linda took us for a hell of a ride <laughs> when it came to the story, and I could not be giddier. I couldn't help but picture this as, like, a scene from a meatloaf music video. <laughs> uh, just super dramatic and like epic uh, while still maintaining a gory, brutal beauty. Just delightful. I don't know if this is the end of the short series, but if it is, I think it's a brilliant ending. I won't even lie. I am ever so kind of hoping that like Anna becomes a vampire. You know, that'd be kind of cool. Uh, but that's like my own headcanon right there. Absolutely amazing and super great piece, Linda. And finally, we have Penance, part seven, Trouble Shared by Stephanie J. Barty. Hmm. What is that chemistry brewing between Marlon and Reese? Not that there wasn't chemistry before, But now there's something new to factor in. (laughs) Very intriguing. I think what's fun with this series is the more we uh, waken to Reese and Marlon being in the 21st century, we get to see Reese readapt her powers. Uh, What powers has she forgotten she had, you know, before seeking her penance? Uh, What powers have yet to grow or strengthen? I think that's something Steph is going to get into as we progress, and I am very interested to see what's to come. Uh, Magnificent work, Miss Body. And moving on to action and suspense, our first story, The Face of the Abyss by Sydney Clark. I did a little hand flourish there. Uh, I think this was a very well-posed concept of the Battle of Troy and the mythology surrounding Achilles. I also really enjoy when writing about 
ancient lore and gods and demigods, uh, authors are able to capture the essence of what we've come to know as very human traits. Wrath and vengeance, I think, when discussing lore, tend to lose the importance of the message that these traits uh, that were first attributed to higher beings, you know, hopefully that made sense. I know that was kind of rambly, but, uh, I think Sydney did a phenomenal job with this story and the pain and heart that shine through. It just lingers hard. Excellent work, Sydney. And next, The Rise and Fall of the Effort Empire, part one by James Rumpel. There's a way that <laughs> James, James's humor just hits me and it always leaves me cackling and grinning. Just that last part, like, I just, I am so excited. That's the, la that's the last part. I am so excited. I am so happy to see James deliver a three-parter of a series because I so thoroughly enjoy his work. And I'm, I'm super excited to see what's to come with this piece. Plus, it's a fun opportunity to really, like, sit with these characters you know, uh, for, for a minute, uh, <laughs> which is something that always makes me sad, you know, parting ways with James's characters. So yes, an excellent introduction into this series, and I cannot wait for part two. And next, The End, Story 3, A New Homecoming by David K. Montoya. I won't even lie, I'm a little hesitant to feel relief, you know, <laughs> things are going way too ideally for everything to just be perfect. Uh, that being said, whatever the case is, happy or suspicious, I'm definitely eager to see what's going to happen once trials start for the cure. I I think that's where my weariness lies, you know, uh, something, something's coming. <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, again, though, Love, 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 love where we're heading. And yes, I am still catching up with this series, but I'm super intrigued. So excellent work, Dave. And next we have science fiction and our story Zirconium by Jim Bates. Uh, this was so surprisingly, I shouldn't say surprisingly, this was just super heartwarming. And James, Jim's work always tends to be very heartwarming. Uh, in the long run, you know? Uh, so I like that this was a happy, satisfying ending and that Edna is happy. On the other hand, though, I think there's an interesting dynamic to really read into. Like, we could look at it as an imbalanced power dynamic. Uh, Cecil is technically her boss. But then on the other hand, Edna is a, a droid, you know? Uh, would those two factors, like, nix each other out and make them equal? Also, like, like, is there a statement about, like, the, like, like, the objectification of Edna? I don't know. Anyway, made me think is the point. Uh, just something I was mulling over <laughs> while reading. Overall, I really liked the story and love when Jim tackles heartwarming, hopeful situations especially in bleak circumstances. So delightful story and delightful work, Jim. And now we shall jump into our final genre of the fiction section, humor. And we have 
Spartaculus versus Dinnermostra by Steve Carr. The question mark at the end of that was making sure I was saying it right. <laughs> I am at an absolute loss for words. And I don't mean that in any way other than complimentary. First of all, Granny's turkey sounds delicious. I told you guys you made me hungry this issue. But besides that random point, I just, this felt like a wonderful fever dream. Uh, and I really didn't want it to end. It was just wildly entertaining and so insane from the first minute of undertaking this reading. Major, major, major kudos to Steve for pulling off a story like this as masterfully as he does. It was sheer, wild, crazy, delightful entertainment. And I love that you let us be a part of this excellent and honestly quite delicious and fascinating piece, Steve. And that will take us over into uh, our foray into poetry. And our first poem it's Somewhere by J.J. Moonchild. Um, wow, J.J. really captured a point in life that I think we all don't know or understand how to communicate its depth. You know, the opening line, it's somewhere between half past missing you and it all never having happened, is an astonishing astonishing introduction to this piece and it sets the tone so beautifully there's an absolute majesty in the way JJ describes this hurt and and even like the non-hurt and I think it's an absolutely breathtaking marvelous work I so look forward to seeing more from you JJ uh thank you thank you thank you our second poem a shapeshifter's journey by Abby Ripley that was so artfully and decadently painted in a, I, I, it left me in awe. You know, I absolutely love how Abby was able to capture all those like super fine details in this piece with such perfect imagery. It feels completely fleshed out, you know, like we are right beside the shapeshifter watching alongside and waiting to see what's to happen. I am just awestruck of Abby's ability and talent in this piece. And ugh, it was just beautiful and haunting and a little terrifying. You know, what What was going to happen? It just excellent, really interesting poem. And next, Snakehead by Lynn White. Super fascinating piece. I for sure felt the power Lynn was proposing and inviting us to catch a whiff of. I also think that there was a lot of curious exploration between this piece and reality. Like, for me, I thought of the villainization of so many people and voices. So, of course, this piece spoke to me in so many ways and depths. I just think it's a magnificent piece. And Lynn did a mesmerizing job of articulating this poem. So, excellent, excellent work, Lynn. And next, The Diary by Anne-Christine Tabaka. <laughs> I fully comprehend this piece to the trenches of my soul. There's both a power and a powerlessness 
of actualizing love. You know, the power comes from the control, uh, ensuring you're never hurt or wounded, that you can shape your mind for the better actualization of this uh, fantastical romance. The the powerlessness, of course, is that's that's not really <laughs> reality, you know, as badly as we wish we could manifest these fictions into reality it just doesn't happen so we have to learn how to navigate the real world the expectations and the standards and that may come at a cost uh anyway point is I truly 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 understood this piece by Anne and I think she did such a marvelous job with it so excellent work and our fifth piece gin harvest meal by Jim Bates not to minimize the poem, uh, oh, dang it, <laughs> you made my mouth water. Uh, I love the poem or the flow of this poem and the whimsy that's speckled through, throughout. It's very tactful. Uh, <laughs> it really highlights Jim's amazing talents and strengths as a writer and I just absolutely marvel over this piece it was really terrific um but it did leave me super hungry so thanks but (laughs) excellent work great great work and next up Mr. Loki Baby Father by Kate Meyer Curry I quite enjoyed this foray into the wondrous insanity that is the myth of Loki, trickster god, because his lore is wild. It is wild. I think it was absolutely delightful in the way Kate just, like, read this family to filth, like it was no one's business, and it was just so much fun to go through. I couldn't help but chuckle multiple times throughout this piece and Kate did a wonderful job on this poem and giving it a very fresh lens just a super super fun ride so thank you Kate and next we have Midnight Rounds by John Gray uh what a nice and spooky dive into the realm of the undead I love the vividness in which John writes and presents ideas this like fleeting darkness of vampirism and the horrors you know that that like kind of strike you uh the final line is just superb in all honesty quote oh i had to write it down that's how much i loved it such angelic faces faces if i could say it such angelic faces and to think hell saw them first I love that with a passion, enthralling, and brilliant John. And next we have Hysteria by John Chinaka Onyechi. Uh, This was an enjoyable read in traversing beyond T.S. Eliot's work and deepening the connotations of livelihood and even it felt mortality. I think John has such a vibrant voice uh, that really plays beautifully along with Elliot's work, and it's so complimentary. This interpretation is just splendid and fascinating. So excellent, excellent work, John. And next we have Eclipse of the King's Death by David Painter. 
I love how David wrote this poem. There's such a steadiness of the melancholy and period of mourning that is like it's celebrated. It felt celebrated in this piece. And I think David handled it with such skill and meticulous intent. It's a gorgeous piece of work that feels so fantastical, but still so quaint in the hushedness of death and tragedy. So just beautiful, sir. And next, Chaotic Murmurs Through Tunnels of Millennia by Sultana Raza. So I know this is not Sultana's intent with this piece, but it did make me sit with my thoughts for a moment because I do often think about like the concepts of excavations and the discovery of remains and ancient bones, uh, especially within ancient cultures whose death rituals were elaborate, you know, to say the least, and such a major part of their histories. So this piece inspired me to do some digging and reading about uh, death culture of ancient Troy and Greece, and it was really interesting. Anyway, as always, I love how Sotana presents her takes and laments and with such a beautiful presence and awareness of the source material. So just beautiful work, Sultana. And next, More Than by Linda M. Sov. I love the simplicity of this piece because it is absolutely full of haunting, dark depth. It's, again, it's haunting and startling and a little scary uh, to love that hard is what I mean, you know, to want that much. It's intense and great and consuming and just, I think, marvelous. A marvelous way Linda approached that dark sentiment. So absolutely terrific work that just, it, it causes the best kind of shudder, of desire. <laughs> All right. And next, A Different Drum by Kate McDonald Dunbar. This poem really, really, really reminds me of someone a close friend of mine had been in a relationship with. Uh, it's that same kind of narcissism that leads to this kind of abuse. I think the rawness of this piece by Kate is truly telling and absolutely devastating because, I mean, it hurts. It hurts to think of this perspective, especially the line, uh, you'll think the fault is yours and I'll be free. That's, oh, that, oh, it just, that one struck me, you know. Uh, Kate, you did a perfect job of capturing the mentality behind this piece, and it is just perfect work. And finally, The Unimportant by Kevin Magnus. I think this is an ex exceptional exploration of willpower and how hard it is to muster at times. How much easier it would be to just relinquish everything, to give it up, and just let it go. Trust me, I know that sentiment all too well, uh, but I think there's a beautiful hope by the end of this piece, uh, quote, because that is simply what I do, unquote. Uh, it goes beyond willpower, and it veers into character, who you are as a person, that you're not willing to let people suffer if you can help it. Um, 
even if it takes a toll on you. And as long as you know your boundaries and when to say no, you also know you're able to step up and in, you know. So while this piece is dark, uh, it's also a piece filled with hope. So wonderful, wonderful work, Kevin. And now we shall take a, a little stroll because we're always jumping. We'll take a little stroll into the art art department. Uh, <laughs> and our first piece, Petra by Bethany Long. I totally see Petra in this portrait. I love the choices for her costume design as well uh, as how Bethany drew the hair. It's both so whimsical and cute, but also so true to Petra and the Sylvan. Like, absolutely terrific work, Bethany. Love it. And next we have Demogorgon Time by Zoe M. Montoya. Uh, yes, give me some Demogorgon fan art. I love, love, love the dimensions Zoe was able to capture here. In particular, the arms. Then the effect she was able to do with the smoke. Just amazing. The palette, especially in the background, really, really lends, again, to the, like, multidimensional uh, aspect of this piece. So, excellent work, Zoe. And next, Forest Druid by Vincent May. I love this design. Absolutely gorgeous illustration of a druid. And I love, love, love all the choices Vince made. I think my favorite detail is the tattered look of the skirt at the bottom hem. I think that was such a wise detail because, of course, it's going to be tattered and uh, see more wear and tear. So she is absolutely gorgeous, and that wooden staff is perfection. So all of it is stunning. Next, we have Sam Witch by Ryan Scherfenberg. I love that all of Ryan's work has this sense of existentialism uh, that just kind of sears right through you. Sam, Mr. Witch. I hope you're well. <laughs> that being said, I love Ryan's style and aesthetic. He's definitely an artist I'm never disappointed by because all his work is just so much fun to take uh, take it all in. I love the sticker approach with this piece as well. And I think that background just, it really lends to the existentialism. Excellent work, Ryan. And finally, Lady Cupid by Ed Bickford. Whenever... I post my Lady Dimitres piece on social media. I tend to get a lot of comments like, please step on me <laughs> regarding the character. And I feel Lady Cupid. I feel she would earn herself a similar reputation in the best of ways. I love the design choices for this character. And I love how Ed went about shading her. Seamless and smooth and just... So cool and crisp. And that will take us into the reviews. And first and foremost, we have the Worlds of Mythbits podcast, uh, which last week, what did we talk about? We just kind of went, I think. We just kind of went with a very natural progression of flow. Uh, next, movie reviews. Wrist Cutters, a love story review by Etmoi. Jenna Sparks. Uh, so yeah, of course, I really wanted to do a movie that meant a lot to me. I wanted to see how it held up because that's really fun to kind of see. It can also be a little damaging to the psyche to 
revisit things because sometimes things don't always age well. And uh, yeah, that kind of sucks. But I think it held up quite well. And of course, it was a lot of fun. I got to watch it with my nephew and he really enjoyed it. So, of course, that always makes me feel a little validated when he acknowledges that I have good taste. Uh, so, yeah. Next up, we have our book review. Review of Dandelions by Yasunari Kawabata by Michael A. Arnold. In this review, Michael explores the final novel of writer Yasunari Kawabata, originally published only in Japanese in 1972. And Michael takes us through the journey of the author's handling of his own mental state and the depths of melancholy and what haunts the novel, uh, leaving behind a legacy of interpretation and Sadly, a bit of hopelessness. It's a fascinating review that definitely makes me curious to read uh, this book. So check it out, please. And the art review. Three Studies for Figures at the Base of a Crucifixion by Michael A. Arnold. In this phenomenal review, Michael walks us down an immensely fascinating road where we get to learn about artists artist Francis Bacon, uh, what drove him, what and who inspired him, and the depiction as well as the interpretation of biblical imagery and meaning played upon Bacon's work. I also really love uh, that Michael pointed out that art's role in history was less about artistic freedom, and, but more about commission-based work because y'all they had to eat. Uh, this was an absolutely fantastic overview of Bacon's work and interesting details and observations and absolutely worth a read. And finally, we have the Board of Directors minutes. In this meeting from October the 10th, the Board of Directors touch upon scarefare, finances, and goals. It's announced that the open contract challenge uh, art for art has been postponed to 2022 as well as an update on podcasts and scheduling, including David K. Montoya's solo project, sliding in to replace Grindhouse Sleaze. Next meeting has been set for November 7th, followed up by a meeting this month as well. So that is it. We got through it together. Uh, just just the few of us. Uh, I, think it, I think it went really well. I think this was a really good issue I feel like like the media gets a little funky uh, between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Halloween and Christmas, I should say. Because uh, there's that awkward time of, you know, that like unsettled, you know, there's the, the high and the thrill of Halloween and high and the thrill of, of Christmas. Uh, Thanksgiving is just kind of the the bumper between the two. Uh, so yeah, so I am very excited for the Christmas issue. I am feeling very merry and jolly this year. We got our Christmas lights up. We got the tree up. I made a lot of fun little things. I made elf themed cookies for my niece today and all these fun little, little bits and baubles to celebrate and be excited about. Um, so yeah, so I'm super excited. Uh, I also now have to prepare for another convention that will be happening this weekend. I am very anxious because it is a two-day event. Uh, <laughs> and it's either going to be an absolute waste of time because it's 
like a week before Christmas. And I don't, I don't know. That could either prove to be super awesome for people who are there and looking for gifts, uh, things like that. Maybe some people have already gotten their uh, Christmas gifts and gotten, you know, gift cards and things like that and want to spend them at my booth. Uh, so yeah, that, that will be fun. I don't know if that will result in a new episode or not. Try to record it before we leave. I'll give that a go. So yeah, that wraps it up for our review. Uh, again, hopefully next time you hear from me, you'll be just as excited uh, to listen to me ramble into an abyss for an hour. I stand by the fact I think I'm interesting, but I don't know. I don't know. I guess we shall see if I can stand on my own two feet uh, and, and go on and on and on and on in an entertaining manner. So yeah, that is it for issue 102, right? 102? Yeah. <laughs> I will eagerly await the next time we meet. In the meantime, you can find us at www.theworldofmyth.com on Facebook and Twitter at the World of Myth Bits Podcast and the World of Myth Magazine and on Instagram at the World of Myth Bits. Do not forget to visit the PCEHD.com website. Do not forget that PCE is literally right around the corner in February. I We'll be very excited. Two months. <laughs> All right, guys. I will uh, see you next week at some point. So until next time.